This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. The Denver Broncos, as every team needed to, got on to the, uh, the cuts, release, waivers, trades. Uh, deadline hit at 2 o'clock today, local time. The Broncos make their moves, as uh, you and I, by the way, said we thought they were doing. The Denver Broncos were moving, or at least looking around for a trade partner. For Albert Okawebanam, they were shopping him in that final preseason game, exactly as we suggested. And sure enough, that's exactly what they did, trading him to the Philadelphia Eagles. Basically, the Broncos trade Okawebanam and their seventh in 2025 for the Eagles' sixth rounder in 2025. So two years from now, they upgrade one spot for a player that they were never, ever going to keep. So in that regard, okay, good trade. I I don't have the words to express this in a terribly polite way. But given the nature of the transaction, it is almost impossible to be more worthless than Albert O, right? You move up. By moving Albert You package o, him and a seventh you, to get a you, sixth. You move up from the seventh round to the sixth round in 2025. Two years from now. He he was worth <laughs> he, slightly, he was, <laughs> slightly more than the seventh round pick it took. Basically, it was kind of like he was worth maybe a seventh round pick. Two sevens to move. I'd have to look at the it's old hard, draft it, value charts, but it's to, not even that. And, and worthless. How about this? It is hard Minimal to be value. worth less. Yeah, two, two words. words. Worthless has yes. a negative connotation. Yes. Without question. Yeah. Yeah. Worthless that is, is two good. words, and that's a little softer. So I guess there are words to be found, as long as you use two words instead of one. Right. Worthless as opposed to worthless. All right. Uh, and as I believe I suggested, unfortunately, off the air rather than on the air. Yeah, I think we had this conversation off the air a couple weeks ago during one of the breaks. I said, you know, I'm hearing some rumblings about Will Lutz Mm -hmm. because he's a Peyton guy. He was Peyton's kicker in New Orleans uh, for six years. Now Mm -hmm. I understand he missed 2021 with injury. So it really was five active years. But basically, Will Lutz was picked up on the recommendation of John Harbaugh um, by the Saints and Sean Peyton in 2016. When Harbaugh had Will Lutz in camp and for some reason cut him and kept Justin Tucker, a move I will never understand. I'll never understand why John Harbaugh chose to keep Justin Tucker, who's, I suppose, the greatest place kicker of all time, and cut Will Lutz. But he liked Will Lutz a whole lot. I'm being facetious, of course. And uh, yet, as he was cutting Will Lutz, he was talking to Sean Payton and said, you, you should take a shot at this kid. He's pretty good. He couldn't beat out Justin Tucker, obviously, but he's a, he's a good kicker. So he came in, and he actually had a Pro Bowl season in 2019, which was almost identical to the season Maher had, the regular season Maher had last year for the Dallas Cowboys. In 2019, making the Pro Bowl for New Orleans, 
Will Lutz went 32 for 36 on field goals. The ones he missed were all outside of 40 yards, 16 for 20, and 48 for 49 on PATs. Now, last year he had his worst year, 23 of 31 on field goals, a percentage of less than three out of four. And he was set to count over $4 million against the Saints. That's the part that I think is interesting. So the Saints kept... uh, a free agent kicker from Notre Dame, I believe. Yes. Uh, Blake, who has a has a probably a better leg. Blake Group, who actually hit a 59-yard field goal in yep. practice last week. and uh, Missed a 60-yarder in the game. Kicked a game-winning kicked field goal against the Chiefs. 50-plus yards. And after that was mistaken by security uh, for a fan. For a fan. So the the Saints are going to save some money there. The Broncos, As long as they can get him into the locker room. Because apparently right. I feel, he I looks feel like, like a kid they feel confident that they can do that the now, right? Because presumably, you know what he ought to do though, he ought to attend a game at Coors Field because apparently he can run up you to can any just old go out player, and nobody will do anything. We'll have to get it. into that too. I know it's the Rockies, and I understand it's, it's so the Rockies are a bush league team with a bush league security staff too. Unbelievable! If you hadn't seen the video last night, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, basically rushed by by one fan who apparently wanted to take a selfie in the middle of center field. Security got to him way late. And then by that time, a second fan came in and was able to actually knock Acuna to the ground before security got to him. I mean, I just, you think it couldn't be more embarrassing for the Rockies. Uh, they, the, right now, it, obviously, you know, the NFL cuts get the national landscape, but baseball is is entering for, you know, franchises that matter. The playoff push. Yes. <laughs> and so around yeah. the national sports coverage today, the Rockies' complete debacle, not the game in which they were blown out, giving up 14 runs to the Braves, yeah. but the inability to keep someone from running to, and correct me if I'm wrong, quite probably the furthest position away from anywhere on the field that anybody could jump in center. Yeah. Unable That's to keep a, right. unable to keep a, someone from reaching that oh, yeah. player. Yeah. One of uh, an MVP that, that candidate. Right. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, one of the best players in baseball. Yeah, I, I mean, especially Coors Field, that is the furthest run yeah. to any position on the field from any Wonderful. spot in the fan that the fans can be in. It's just a Bush League operation. It really is. It's disgraceful. If you thought that the teams didn't, the rest of Major League Baseball teams did not take the Rockies seriously, wait till they realized their players might be at risk. I mean, I I just, it could not be more embarrassing for the Rockies organization. And they're on pace to lose 104 games right now. Well, yeah, kind of, sort of. (laughs) It it depends on how you carve it out. But, yes, they are definitely on a 100 or even 101 loss pace. I, I've stopped checking on a daily just basis. Abso- but yeah, it doesn't matter. Yes, they're on pace to lose 100 games. So just Probably more. Humiliating. Not for the Rockies. Rockies, I don't know, are capable of being humiliated. It doesn't no, seem as if they have that sort of... There, there's no capacity yeah, you seem that, that the Rockies have, have ever that. had for humiliation. But for Rockies fans, absolutely humiliating. It has just been the proverbial kick in the you-know-where all year long, and then they're very fortunate that insult was not followed by injury to Ronald Acuna Jr. They're very lucky that he just ended up on his backside. Uh, just an embarrassing, shameful display by the Rockies who have to figure out what on earth they're doing except for just selling seats up at the rooftop. Because it, uh, 
Jeez. Yeah, they're good at that. Quote the old uh, the old movie Bull Durham's like, folks, I don't know what they're doing out there, but it's showing baseball. I mean, I don't know what else to say about that because it is an absolute disaster. The Broncos' decision to go with Lutz, I, I think you can slice it and dice it any way you want. Lutz had his worst year. He can be better than that. Some of the rumblings were the concerns that Mars kicked mostly indoors in his career. Well, of course, Lutz, the same concern is there as well. In, in the end, I don't think it matters. I think Lutz is probably not much more stable than Mar, and so much as if he's very poor, he could be replaced but as well. Peyton likes him, and he's a Peyton and guy, and they've got at least four now who have some connection to Peyton from days in New Orleans. And so, and this isn't a surprise. That, that's why the rumblings got started, because, and, and, to Peyton's credit, he never pretended otherwise. It, it Maher and I guess Frywell is here. They were competing against not just thirty-one other kickers. They, they were competing against any kicker, any kicker who might be in. Who, any by the way, the camp. Broncos hardly the only team to make kicker moves. Kickers going all over the place today. Well, yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, but the Broncos cut Brandon McManus the last member of their Super Bowl team. And there may have been factors other than his performance that primarily he's that the union decision. rep and a new coach union rep, keep theirs around. And I also think Peyton in particular wanted to expunge anyone who had any connection with 2015, because that's just a reminder of how, of far, how far the Broncos have fallen. Yeah. So symbolically you, you wipe the slate clean uh, everybody here, at least in a Bronco uniform, whether they just got here or they've been here for seven previous football seasons, has never made the playoffs right. in a Bronco uniform, in a Bronco uniform. So, you know, McManus was the one exception to that. So out he goes. And the union rep uh, designation probably uh, hurt him too. Um most coaches, I think, if a guy is borderline, in their estimation, mm-hmm. and he happens to be a union rep, that's a strike against him that he wouldn't otherwise have. If he's borderline, I'm not saying coaches are cutting good football no, players. No, you're not going to cut a Justin Tucker union example. Of yeah, no, or of course, a player not. that yeah. But if it's marginal, they're they're, they're going to make or a person on a bad year. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, so. Uh, I'm just looking at last week's depth chart here. And as we anticipated, we could have made almost all of these cuts. The only first or second stringers from the line of scrimmage, according to the depth chart, that were cut were Kyle Fuller. And that did surprise me, I guess, a little bit. Jordan Jackson the defensive end, no surprise. I don't know why it's listed number two in the depth chart ahead of Elijah Garcia because I honestly, if you asked me to pick Jordan Jackson out of a lineup, I could not do that. I barely heard of him. Uh, Elijah Garcia, we saw a lot of. Yeah. Hard to miss. Very good. So I'm I'm actually glad he made it. I I wasn't sure he would. I'm glad he made it. Um, Well, at least for now. Uh, Tyler Lancaster, no surprise. That uh, he was uh, released, I believe. And, and keep in mind but, at the moment. Released. So those are the only three the Broncos, who are listed yeah. first string or second string 
on the offensive-defensive depth chart, those are the only guys who are cut. Everybody else, third, fourth, fifth string even, uh, they're all gone. So you and I and probably most fans who paid any kind of attention during training camp could have made these cuts. Mm-hmm. Not the trades that were made, obviously, that, that involves Those are hard a professional. To right. uh, but any of the... Uh, all but three of the cuts you and I could make. Yeah. Most fans could. I make. think it was very clear. And the, the Broncos, by the way, will not actually release their roster until the 5 p.m. deadline here. So, of course, we'll bring that to you as soon as right. we have it. But, right. uh, you know, reporting by uh, good reporting by Mike Kliss of Nine News pointed out that at practice today, you know, there were 60 players uh, at uh, 58 players, pardon me, accounted for at practice. So you knew there was some gymnastics. Some people might have been at practice. And we're going to be waived in the cases of the wide receiver Michael Bandy and yeah, defensive yeah, lineman he, he Tomozzi Lalil. Those were both the guys that... It was actually, even though he's they picked were up after the San Francisco right. game, he was not on the depth chart last right. week. They so were practicing his chances and they were will slim and be waived. And so that brings you a handful. But there will be some maneuvers. Obviously, we talked about it yesterday, the... The short-term IR that that folks can be placed on, so that will um, uh, that. Well, don't they have Williams out. already? And we'll on, know on short-term IR. Yeah, William, Williams was designated obvious. for right. return because when you're talking about that short-term IR, you have to miss the first four. You must miss at least four games. They know well, that the, the surgery is uh, an eight-week recovery at best for K1 Williams. So that was a no-brainer. We'll find out what they do with Riley Moss. As Baron well. Browning on pop. That's no surprise either. No, that's not a surprise. Uh, Jerry Judy not placed on injured again. Not a surprise. As I said before, I think the Broncos are open to have him back by the third open. game. Yes. Uh, but if you don't want, if you believe that's a realistic possibility, you don't want to put him on the designated return and make sure he has to miss four when right. the Broncos hope that he might miss well, half sure. that. So and we'll week, find out how that shakes out. Week three is at Miami. All right about that? The um, Week three? For the Broncos, week yes, three, week three. Uh, yes, week three is at and Miami. Week four at Chicago. At Chicago. All right. So those so you kind of want at. him back for road games. You'd like to. If it, uh, I mean, sure. you don't want to put him on IR, even designated to return, because that couldn't happen before week five, and you want him if he can make it right. available for the road games. Home games, I think they're hoping they can win without They can him. muddle And through. in all honesty, they should be favored in both games, even without They Jerry should be Judy. against the Raiders and against Although, the Washington Commanders. they've yeah. been favored against the Raiders yep. uh, in certain games for the last three years, and they haven't beaten We'll get into that when Raiders week starts in earnest, but you're right that the Raiders have had the Broncos number. By the way, I did go ahead and peek the old... Uh, uh, the modern version of the draft value chart that NFL GM still more or less use off the original uh, Jimmy Johnson creation. Uh, let's assume, and, and we'll just we'll just make it very simple. We'll just assume in Philadelphia you got a sixth, and Denver sent a seventh, and Okwebenam for that sixth. Right? The I'm just going to throw in the middle of the the middle of the uh, the rounds. So that'd be worth 21 points, and the Broncos would have been worth eight points. So Okwebenam would have been worth 13 points for those who are curious. 13 points is worth the fourth pick in the seventh round. So there you go. So essentially, Albert Okawebanon was worth a a, 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 a seventh-round pick, a, and the Broncos gave up two round. sevenths to get a six. A guy two, they selected two years in from which now, round? In the sixth? Or no, fifth, pardon me. Albert O. Yeah, in the fifth round. My mistake, right? Was fifth it? Round. Fifth round? I think it was the fifth okay. round. Okay. have to look. 
but I think it was the fifth round. But uh, it ends up. Well, he was drafted because he was Drew Locke's guy, and Drew right. Locke, after 2019, was thought to be the quarterback of the future. We've right. had a few of those here. Right. Um, no, you're correct. I was saying my, my fault. Fourth round pick Fourth on Missouri round. That's in what 2020. I I, I, hey, you, it could be worse. You could that's, be, that's why I you said. Could be, after the Trey Lance probably trade. Probably I'm in a fantasy world. You're off the hook, though. Right. I mean, right. you know. But, but you in a fantasy a world, guy, so Albert O was drafted in the fourth round, and he had this stupendous game the other night, which uh, Against a whole lot strangers. of people who should have known better put a great deal of stock in. It didn't make one whit of difference, except he was never they got the a sixth-round pick instead yeah. of a seventh-round pick in 20 years. They were able to upgrade a wow. one-round two years from now, which is, look, better than cutting him. But but it does show you not what much, his though. but it does show it's you what the value much, of the though. league uh, around the league is. Uh, Broncos fans have been more enamored with his athleticism. Uh, teams around the league uh, look at it and say, yeah. Uh, but but okay. him, you know what? I think the media fell hook, line, and sinker, with a few notable exceptions, for the idea that. Oh, you can't cut Albert O now. Look what he did. Seven catches, 109 yards. But it's pretty safe to say, Sandy, that's One the touchdown. only trade offer they got. I Because you wouldn't oh, get a trade offer for less. I, I, I agree. And it's also worth and the, noting. And the Eagles are one of the best teams in the league. So, But they do they do, I'm they sure do they will employ be in one Matt Russell, who is a senior personnel executive. Matt Russell was basically John Oway's right-hand man when they drafted Okawabinom in 2020. So you could imagine that that's, there's probably some uh, input there as the Eagles try to maximize I, their championship guess, window and say, I, I here's, a, here's a big, fast you know, guy, throw it Eagles, Right. And in the Eagles, I take a here's shot. Here's a big, fast guy. Two years from now, we don't care about the sixth, anything. whatever. Who cares? We'll have, we'll have two sevenths. That's fine. You know, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, it makes sense for the Eagles to basically throw the dart. The move for Lutz is interesting because of the money due him, but obviously this is a very clear, it is a Sean Payton setup, and that part is very oh, you interesting. Mean, you mean, unlike what was... Said with Put out the, idea the other that Brandon night got on TV because they didn't want to pay him. No, but 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 I'm saying, you mean Sean Payton is involved in this process because all we heard the other night on TV oh, yeah. was that it was all George Payton Folks, and Sean Payton might as well have been the two two of us. Sean Payton is the process. Let's just be very clear on that. Sean innocent Payton bystander is, is the process, and I know George Payton will be up there speaking. In fact, I believe he's up there speaking uh, literally as we speak. But. Uh, Yes, he's doing some of the legwork right. on this, but all these moves are Sean Payton moves. George Payton doesn't care a whit about Will Lutz. On the right side, look, that's the sound of football coming back, and now's the time to place your preseason bets to Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas, and of course, they have a dedicated team of the best odds makers that are making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. Now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day using the promo code Mile High. So bet with the best and use promo code Mile High this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sandy Sean Payton is the guy in charge. And you can tell by the number of players that have been involved with Sean Payton in the past. You can talk about coaches bringing in his guys. Sean Payton has done it. We'll list them and explain next on Mile High Sports.
Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. The Denver Broncos will have their final roster, at least I should say their final roster for today, and that's literally all it will be for today. They said they will release that at 5, so just about a half hour from change from now. We'll have a better idea of exactly who's out there, although uh, the, the players out of practice give you a pretty good idea. We know that uh, Michael Bandy, wide receiver, and Tomas uh, uh, Lali will be waived, and that brings the 58 guys who were practiced down to 50. Yeah, at 56, so we're only three off. And we also know there are going to be moves. So the the, the reasonable expectations, as we talked about yesterday, uh, Russell Wilson, Wilson and Jared Stidham will be the quarterbacks. Um, maybe Ben DiNucci comes back on the practice squad. I, su- I suspect they like the idea, but who knows? The running backs were exactly what we said. It would be only three halfbacks. Yes. Devontae yeah. Williams, Samaja P. Ryan, Jaleel McLaughlin, and no. They don't call them halfbacks anymore. I wish they did. They don't. They just say running backs running and backs. fullbacks, but running fullbacks are running backs. Mm-hmm. Michael Burton a former, in 2020, at least, New <laughs> yeah, Orleans Saint, uh, sticking with the Broncos, the fullback, as we discussed, uh, wide receivers at the moment. There were uh, We know the, of the six, and we talked about those six yesterday. Sutton, Judy, who will not be available but has to be active. Uh, Marvin Mims, Brandon Johnson, Marquez Calloway, former Saint, of course, led the Saints in receiving the last year that uh, Sean Payton coached. Little Jordan Humphrey, also on that team. So two yeah. of the six wide receivers – guys that had worked on a Sean Payton offense. A tight end, you had a, four of them are expected to make it. Matt Troutman, Dulcich, Chris Mannert, and, and uh, rookie Nate Adkins, who really, I think if you've been watching practice and, and watching the way, in certain cases too, if you were to watch the, the game carefully, you notice that Adkins came in before Albert Okawabinov oh, yeah. playing tight end. And, and that, Albert O is, is a and better that should receiver. Have been, and that should have been part of the uh, the equation there. Albert O is a better receiver. Adkins and Albert to O, make. in spite of commentary to the contrary, the other night still can't block me. And, and I'm 66 years old. Man Hurts, by the way, has had has fought some injury, has had some injury issues uh, in the last couple of weeks, making perhaps the need to retain Adkins all the more important uh, if Manhurts can't go in the early going because the Broncos are going to use a lot of two tight end sets. Offensive line, uh, the guys at practice uh, today, Garrett Bowles, Ben Powers, Lloyd Cushion, Barry III, Quinn Miners, Mike McGlinchey, as you'd expect, Cam Fleming, uh, as expected, uh, Alex Palchewski, who we, we thought would yeah, uh, uh, we, have a very good chance. Like him. He is likely now expected, uh, Cliss reports, will be placed on the short-term injured reserve because he had the hand injury in the preseason game on Saturday. So they may put him on there uh, with the, the return designation, which gives them a little more but we like room him, to right? play. We, yeah. We like oh, yeah. Him. I mean, I had him at bare minimum as yeah. the practice squad, maybe better than that. That means that Quinn Bailey, who I suggested yesterday, probably You're does right about stay. That. Uh, You're right about and that. And then the interesting is that both guys at practice – Luke Wattenberg and yeah. Alex Forsythe. Now, right. uh, that's interesting. If it is just Palchewski going on the list, that would mean they're yeah. keeping nine linemen, and those are uh, those would be your your nine, and I suspect it probably is. And then if Palchewski is ready, they may look at Wattenberg, Forsythe, or Bailey yeah. and say, hey, one of these we don't necessarily need, and we'll move on. Uh, the defensive side at the moment, by the way, of course, we talked about Troutman. Troutman, by the way, another guy that, uh, Sean Payton raved about and made sure that he brought in. Uh, Troutman's one of the guys that Payton made it very clear he wanted. So we're talking about a handful of those guys there. Cornerback, uh, Pat Sutan, Damari Mathis, of course, as we expected. Uh, Riley Moss, at least at the moment, 
um, expected to at least we will find out if they put him on that designation right. if they believe it depends on how he's returning from the sports hernia surgery uh, Jaquan McMillan who I think was great saying Bassey a no-brainer Kwan Williams will be uh, placed again on that a short-term IR not left room for two other vets Tremont Smith we talked about him uh, yep guy has got a two and a half million dollar contract but also has returned punts and kicks the Broncos very shallow there because you didn't hear me mention Montreal Washington meaning no, Marvin was, Mims the only guy listed uh, is is Mims Fabian Moreau also veterans bounced around yeah. a little bit on that cornerback list safety at the moment uh, six of them were out there today uh, they won't be having six, but they sure like to find a way to do it because they like all six. Uh, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Caden Stearns, they're safe. Uh, P.J. Locke may go to the short-term IR. Uh, DeLaron Turner-Yell and J.L. Skinner, who they really like, a draft pick of this year. That's where you look at the late drafts at Turner-Yell uh, and Skinner, late-round draft picks. Which one was picked by Sean Payton's regime? Skinner. So if you're probably thinking longer-term, Skinner is the safer bet than Turner-Yell. I agree. They like P.J. Locke, and they may tuck him away for a couple weeks as he gets better inside linebackers as we talked about that was a no-brainer we knew who that was Josie Jewell Alex Singleton Drew Sanders and Justin Sternad the defensive line uh, DJ Jones Zach Allen Mike Purcell Elijah Garcia Matt Hennington Jonathan Harris exactly the guys we we spoke I I thought Garcia would make it you thought he might be practice squad but that was just uh, a slight difference between the two of us you thought there'd be five I thought there'd be six it did turn out there was a six, but well, I was less confident I mean, there could in Purcell. Be some maneuvering, and there, there could too. be maneuvering there as well. Uh, the outside linebacker slash uh, edge rushers, of which, by the way, you and I consider Frank Clark a, a defensive end. He's a defensive end. Randy Gregory, Jonathan Cooper, Frank Clark, Nick Benito. No surprise is the surprise, and only a mild one. Uh, Thomas Incum, the undrafted yeah, rookie, who yeah, was mild surprise when you when you saw piles come off a tackle. Fifty nine was in there a lot. Yeah, he was. At or near the bottom. Aaron Patrick oh. has been dealing with injuries over the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah. I, it, I, that, I, I kept going back and forth on that because I, I thought the injuries would hurt him. Um, but it gave Incum a window to not beat him. Literally. But, yeah. <laughs> but it ended up maybe taking his job. And we'll sure. find this obviously changes. Sure. The specialist, as we know now, a kicker, Will Lutz, added another yeah. Sean Payton guy, Riley Dixon, and long snapper Mitchell Fraboni, who's been here the whole time. So... That's what we know at the moment. Presumably, that ought to be more or less it, including some of those guys that uh, may just stick around. It may be shuffling on who's on the practice squad, who's on the IR. There will be uh, movement. It's a fluid situation, and it'll happen again tomorrow as the practice squads get assembled. The waivers uh, are happening really as we speak. People are putting in their their waiver requests. Uh, midday tomorrow, the waivers will be processed. I don't expect the Broncos to be involved in that, but it's not impossible and then the practice squads will be assembled, and more or less then, uh, off you go. You'll have a better idea of what the Broncos look like probably Thursday morning, which would be about a week and change from their season opener against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So no surprises that are of significance. The only surprises, like we talked about at the tail end, I guess, you know, income is a surprise. But again, you look, you watch the preseason, you're like, okay, that's, he had an opportunity to, to make the team. Other guys you might not be familiar with, Jaquan McMillan, for example, or he's saying Bassey, there's no question. If you watch the practices in preseason, they were going to make the team. And is if it, you watch the games, Bassey had a pick in every game. Every game. Every single game. So is it, and you hinted at this before, Sandy, when you're a really good team, let's say you're like the Eagles, who added Albert Okawebo, 
and we have a pretty good idea of who they're cutting. By and large, that's because we have a lot of guys that are steady and we know what we're getting and they're going to make the roster. When you're a team that had five wins and you had a pretty good idea of who everyone's cutting, that doesn't mean the same thing. It's all dependent on the, the lens you're viewing it through, doesn't it? Yes, and you made the point coming out of last year with people presumed to be healthy this year, you've got about 18 returning starters from the team they put out there last year. So I I don't know fundamentally if they've really changed all that much. There's a different manner. Certainly the head coach Mm -hmm. is much more business-like uh, matter of fact, uh, even at times actually quite candid. Uh, Somewhat surprisingly in, so. I in think. his yeah. remarks. And I, I I don't mean to say that candid equals self-serving because there's some of that with Sean Payton, particularly in his commentary that got so much attention uh, when he was being interviewed by Jared Bell of USA Today. But, yes, I... I think when you've got a five-win team and, and people say, well, clear the decks. And I've always wondered about that because as a practical matter, clearing the decks is impossible. Yeah, absolutely impossible. Right? You, have a, you have a salary there are cap. only like so many even, moves you, you right. can make. So, yes, there's a change in the way they're being operated. Uh, I think until further notice we assume those are changes that will make them better but again you get into the sort of gray area in which everyone agrees they will be better but how will that translate when it comes to wins and losses they can be a lot better and go eight and nine yeah a lot better and that's a lot better than five and twelve with more or less the same personnel. I think if they finished eight and nine, wipe everybody out. I'm going to walk away from this season if they finish eight and nine and miss the playoffs. And by the way, I have them at eight and nine. I'm going to walk away and say, hey, you know what? That's a good year. Now, now it's turned it, around. It, Brighter days are same, coming. This is good. It's the same thing up in Boulder. If CU goes four and eight or five and seven, even right, they won't go to a bowl game. But it's, if it's, what a first year! Yeah, it's immensely it's, it's better. A terrific first year uh, for Coach Prime. Um, who, who, by the way, was on the mark on a number of subjects today. And if we don't get to all of them today, yeah, today we'll, we'll find a way to tomorrow. get it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was especially impressed by his uh, comments, and I don't think they were self-serving because he made it very clear he wasn't talking about just his own player. How the NCAA handles mental health issues, and of course they give lip service, to being sensitive, and yet guys who have, and not just up in Boulder, but in other areas around the country. Real reasons, where they, real it's reasons not good why to they, be where they were. Where they were in a bad place, and they're denied eligibility, and it's a, it's a joke. So I commend uh, Deion Sanders on that one, and uh, also on a comment that uh, you picked up on, and... I think it was a comment that sounded more like the introductory press conference where 
he did at times put on the brakes. Mm-hmm. And again, today he kind of put on the brakes. Yeah, one of the, the, the comments that stood out, he was asked about uh, star transfer Alton McCaskill, who came out of the university, just yeah. tore up the, uh, yeah. the, the league of the University of Houston and is, is trying to get ready for this TCU game and is getting closer to it. And, and Sanders kind of pumped the brakes on that and yeah. was talking about McCaskill's health and specifically said uh, that he was talking, you know, about McCaskill and, and the value in getting him in because he believes, yeah, he has a star running back, which according to at least last year he does. Uh, he was talking to both the media and I think McCaskill simultaneously when he said, we want to win and we will in due time. Yeah. And then followed it up by saying like, we're in this for the long haul. Talking again yeah. about McCaskill's health and presumably yeah. about the understanding and, where the Buffaloes I, are. I think they have, he knows uh, they're in, not going to claim a top 25 a, a terrific right now. prospect uh, at the cornerback position. And from what I've heard, people who've been at practice he could every be exposed day a little say, bit. you know what, he isn't ready. He's a freshman. He, for different reasons. He's not ready to play yet. He's not ready. Travis Hunter has yeah, Travis played. Ready. He's ready. He's proven. But, you know, he's Carmani McLean at 18 years but old McLean may not be ready not to carry a big, ready. heavy load. Is that a no, surprise? he's just no. not ready. So, you know, th- this idea that, uh, every freshman or even every transfer is going to be ready and in midseason form on opening day. Uh, I'll be down there in Fort Worth on yeah. Saturday to watch the proceedings, and I really like what Deion Sanders had to say today. And I I remain yeah. convinced that if Colorado can be competitive in this game, and, and by competitive I mean you know, you're within a couple of touchdowns in the fourth. Certainly quarter. beating the, uh, at least last I checked, about 20 and a half point well, spread. Well, yeah, it's, it's over 20 Vegas has, yeah, whatever it's over, it's it is. And does it have the feel of a 41 to 20 kind of game? Yeah, it, it sort of does to me. But I, I want to see if they can do better than that. Uh, offensively, I think 20 points would be pretty good. Uh, although TCU I mean, this is in the national that, championship game, yeah, they were in the think, national championship. I think Georgia game. still scored uh, just a few minutes ago in yeah, the national yeah, championship yeah. game uh, to Georgia further run up the score. Uh, but uh, you know, if they if they get twenty uh, in their opener and give up less than thirty, it would be oh, I think less than thirty would be wonderful, tremendous. and less than forty would be okay. But I look at it and I think if this is a if this is a thirty. Go try to beat Nebraska. A 34-20, a 31-17 type of game. If you're sure. CU, you might as well have won it. I mean, really. I, that, yeah, that's as, that's I, as good I mean, as that's very good. I think anyone would have expected. you're opening on the road with a... Against you know, again. The, and that is clearing the decks because yeah. in college football now, you oh, yeah. you really can clear the decks. But I say in the NFL, yes, there's a certain amount of turnover, but there are limits to how much you can turn your team over from one year to the next. So the the amount of, of wins, it's very dependent on where you're at, right? And obviously, that's what matters. And when you are hurt in an accident, getting a win is not something you can wait on. And that's why you need to talk to our friends at Burnham Law. The phone number is 720-845-7001. You need to hire a winner. That's what they do. When you're injured, they push for you to get your maximum recovery, whether that's by settlement or trial. And they're easy to find. Locations in Fort Collins, Boulder, Westminster, Cherry Creek, the DTC, Colorado Springs, and even Cheyenne. They uh, 
go to work for you and you don't want to just hire someone off a billboard because you've seen the name. You want someone who gets the results. Our friends at Burnham Law have absolutely done that. Don't find someone who entertains you. You're not looking for that. You're looking for a win. So go to Burnham Law. BurnhamLaw.com, 720-845-7001. Hire the winner when you are injured in an accident. Sandy, we talk about how running backs are essentially interchangeable now. Despite the fact that the average kicker makes more than the average running back, are we sure they're not the same thing? We'll talk about it. Bazaar day in the NFL next on Miley Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. We found out earlier this summer that uh, the average NFL kicker, now granted, there's fewer of them, makes more than the average NFL running back. Correct. It's not, it's not by much, but they do. Uh, you wouldn't know so after today in which three different trades involving kickers were pulled off. We talked about... The Broncos acquiring a Will Lutz from the Saints, but the Browns got Dustin Hopkins from the Chargers. Now, Hopkins had kind of been replaced by Kemp uh, Dicker last year. And Nick Folk ends up going from the Patriots to the Titans. And the, a lot of teams, the 49ers have gone with youngsters. A lot of teams are going with rookies, and the, the Niners, uh, that's been second-guessed a few a times. third-round pick and used it on a place on Moody and it hasn't we saw look and Moody was very right. erratic against yeah, the and it's and it's been a source of consternation in the Bay Area but that's kind of the weird in between for kickers right you, you you invest in the kicker you have the rookie kicker thinking you have cost control and everything else but then if the rookie kicker ends up being wobbly which a lot of rookie kickers seem to be seems like kickers a lot of the time bounce around before it sticks well that's always been true I think with kickers not 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 it's always been true. I mean, by always true, you can go back through the decades and find kickers bouncing around, mm-hmm. even with fewer teams the good, in the and, NFL, good ones. And, and pretty good ones who did bounce around a little bit. And when they finally excelled, it wasn't with their first team who had stuck with them through some of the bad years. The mentality was the same back then as it is now. If, if, if Brett Maher is a good example of that, you have one bad game and it was a doozy uh yeah in the playoffs last year though they yes, won the game easily he missed four extra points and wasn't really all that close on at least three of them i think one hit an upright or grazed off an upright that was as close as he got to making uh, any of the first four he took in the game so they have four touchdowns and they had 24 points in the game so it's like they'd kicked eight field goals uh, of course, he wasn't making extra points. And I think even though the Broncos bought him in, when in that first game against Arizona, he missed a couple of times. I I think that stuck in Sean Payton's mind for the rest of camp, even though he didn't miss an extra point or a field goal for the rest of of. I said the rest, the other two preseason. Yeah, the other two, right. Right. But 
Sean Payton's thinking about that that first game, and he's also, I think, throughout camp, uh, Sean Payton still has some connections, I assume, in New Orleans, so he's following his kicker, Will Lutz, in competition with a free agent from Notre Dame who's got a big leg, probably a better leg than Lutz has, and he's saying, you know, I'm hearing this kid might beat out Lutz, and Lutz had a bad year last year. He did. But he never had a bad year playing for me, and he made the Pro Bowl one year playing for me, and he made 32 out of 36, and he never missed inside 40 yards. Comfort level for coaches is real. I mean, especially when you're talking about your kickers. But And it's nothing technical or anything no. like that. It's just a comfort level. You believe in a guy. The guy is familiar with you. And I think even when it comes to a kicker or a punter, what Peyton said at his initial press conference, uh, we train a certain way, we practice a certain way, we meet a certain way, and it isn't for everybody. But I think he likes Will Lutz in that way. And he likes uh, Troutman, and he likes Callaway, and he likes Burton, and he likes Humphrey for all those reasons. Mm -hmm. They know how he meets and trains and practices. And they buy into it, and he's comfortable that he that they have met their they have met his yes. expectations Absolutely. before, Absolutely. and so with kickers. But it, I mean, I, I just went and quickly looked at the, the four kickers that have had the most successful field goals in Broncos history. Uh, number four is Matt Prater, who actually started with the Atlanta Falcons. Exactly, Broncos uh, won his first team. The Jim Turner, of course, was a longtime New York Jet before yes, he became before uh, he was uh, traded straight across a rare straight across trade for place kickers because uh, Jim was, of course, much steadier than Bobby Howfield, who had a strong leg here in Denver and was great on kickoffs. And the Jets uh, did not like Jim Turner's kickoffs nearly as much as they liked his place kicks. His, the, and, and he was as steady as they came uh, during that era, but they wanted a guy who could kick the ball off. And they didn't want to use Verlin Biggs anymore or one of their regular uh, line of scrimmage players to kick off. So they traded for Howfield. And Howfield wasn't bad in New York, but Jim was steadier here. And the Jets got a guy who kicked off a few more yards. I myself, I'd take the steadier. But even Turner didn't start with New York. He was drafted back when you could actually draft 19 rounds. He was drafted by Washington. Uh, Brandon right. McManus originally signed with the Colts and Correct. then was with the Giants. Well, uh, he was with the Broncos and then he went to the Giants and then he came back, right? Uh, or was he with the Giants and then? No, he was. The he, Broncos cut him and then brought him back again to kick off. Yes, because what again happened to is, kick off. What happened was Matt Prater had to serve a suspension. So, uh, but McManus started with the, the Colts. Uh, in 2013, signed with yeah. the Colts, was waived prior to the start of the season. Back in 2014, signed with the Giants, played in all four season preseason games with the Giants, and then the Broncos traded for him because Matt Prater was starting the season right. with a four-game suspension. Right. When Prater came back, the Broncos waived him, signed Connor Barth, and yes, then they brought but Connor McManus Barth was, did not have a and big McManus leg. bounced around, even though all of his NFL field goals up until the first one he kicks for... But the for, Broncos had two kickers. Right. For, uh, the, for Jacksonville this year, McManus has kicked all his NFL field goals for the Denver Broncos, yes. uh, but he was with two teams right. and unable to stick before the Broncos got him. Now, right. Jason Elam was drafted by the Broncos in the third round. Yes. And obviously, and that was a that very good pick. Just fine. And, uh, you know, 
like father, like but son. For the most part. Mike got Elam in the third round. Kyle takes a kicker in a third round and hopes he becomes Jason Elam. And who knows? Maybe he will. Maybe he will. But he's off to a but shaky It's a start. wobbly start. And, and the patience nowadays is uh, the leashes are shorter. And the it is e- even shorter. And they weren't long back in the 50s. And it's and 60s. complicated by this Trey Lance trade. It's complicated because you've now, if you're the Niners who, look, a winning cures all ills, and they're really good. They might be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl if they can stay healthy. But if they don't, I mean, yeesh, to get an idea of where well, things go, the, the Lance thing is an absolute debacle. If for some reason they pick Moody in the third and they lose a couple games because he misses kicks, right. these are the kind of things oh, sure. that otherwise guys who would be totally safe find themselves with hot yeah, seats. Yeah. It's well, just reality. Uh, Peter King imagined a conversation that he would have if he were the owner with both Kyle Shanahan and John John Lynch. Lynch, And it would basically say, I love you guys, but this Trey Lance thing that happened, that can never, ever, ever happen again. Yeah. That was strike one and two. (laughs) I agree with you. That's all of them. And I want to clarify my my remarks about place carriers. You'll you'll remember this, um, though you weren't alive at the time, but you know football history. Back in the in the fifties and and for the most part, even in the sixties, I think position players would right. Pay. Luke Rosa was a defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Walt Michaels was a defensive uh, lineman. Lou Michaels, I'm sorry, Walt was his brother and a, a later on head coach of the Jets. Lou Michaels was a defensive lineman, and they weren't. Uh, Rosa was pretty good. Uh, I I never thought Lou Michaels was a <laughs> very good kicker, but he played on the defensive line. Pat Summerall, the Mm -hmm. the sensational place kicker, but he was also a position player on the Giants and a a superior kicker, especially for that time, great leg. And so I I want to clarify that point when I said kickers bounced around. There wasn't, there wasn't as much of, first of all, there weren't special teams coaches. Well, the Broncos had a, you know, Gene Mingo was their running back. Right. Right. And 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 kicked. Right. If if you're gonna be a kicker, you had to do other things. Right. And and the other thing would keep you on a team even if your kicking wasn't great. But teams still were not uh, and and maybe it was more late sixties on into the seventies when you began to have special teams coaches and teams weren't that much more patient than they are now. Now there's so many of them, and you know you can get them from all over the place. Well, I mean, how many how many kickers? Garo Yapremi. I mean, think about this. How many kickers? Never saw a football in his life. Leave. Until he started kicking. How many kickers leave the uh, the college ranks and don't end up at the NFL? All but, what, two or three a year? Well, that's every other kicker. So teams understand that, like, there's got to be somebody out there that's kicked recently that we can bring in and try because there's literally probably 50 Kickers that you scouted in the college ranks that don't have jobs that were kicking last year at the collegiate ranks. So there's certainly somebody you can bring in and say, "Hey, you know, you want to kick it around a little bit and see what we see what you know what we're seeing." And I think for the Broncos, that's where the comfort level comes in. And I don't know how good Will Lutz will be. Hopefully, he will bounce back. I think there's reason to believe in Denver that he he could. A guy, he's, he looked good. He had a lousy year. It's the same reason I believe Brandon right. McManus is going to bounce back in Jacksonville. I, I agree. I agree. It allows a year. When, when you have a good track record and you had a lousy year, you had a lousy right. year. That's the way it right. goes. 
And uh, I think he may very well be able to bounce back, and, and we'll find out soon enough. But when you're talking about that place kicker, the comfort level for the coach everything. is everything. The Broncos uh, are in the process of making their cuts. We will, they've made them, but we'll find out that they'll release in just a little bit. We'll have an opportunity to talk about at least what we do know with our friend Taylor Kilgore from Fox 31 News. She'll join us next on My Life Sports.